can you help me give a big Lakeland welcome to Pastor Kim Owens tonight? Hallelujah. Well, if y'all don't mind, just stay standing just a moment. If everybody can, if you're physically able, come on, let's just do 30 more seconds of just honor and praise and glory to Jesus. Come on, y'all. Come on, make it better. Make it louder. Give him honor. Come on, y'all are awesome. Come on, shout the name. That's above every name. Come on, shout it again, the name that's above every name. Yeah, clap those hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Oh, make the devil mad with your shout. Make the devil mad with your praise. Hallelujah. Come on, you're the blood-bought church. There's no more powerful sound than the sound that is in this room. Come on. Our voices are anointed. Hallelujah. It shakes hell and it splits heaven wide open. Amen. Come on, one more time. Give a roar and a thunderous praise for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we say, let heaven break open this weekend. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now lift up your hands and one more time just pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. I just, I believe so much in not breaking flow. Come on. Father God, in the name of Jesus, just let me pray. We're just going to do this for just a few seconds. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that your kingdom realm would manifest in even greater measure than it already has, not because of me or anyone else in this room, but only because of you and that you love us, Lord. Let your kingdom realm manifest. Let the heaven realm bust open over this conference, over this church, over other churches that are represented. Come on, help me just a few more seconds. Over those who are watching online, let heaven's realm bust open. And I pray in the name of Jesus, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, that we will encounter what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and what our minds have not begun to imagine that you have prepared for those who love you. I decree and I declare that this weekend, this is the beginning night. This is the starting point. This is the night that we will decree that we will see the unseen hear the unheard and know the unknown realms they will be revealed to us this weekend by the spirit of the living God Lord we thank you now that we are after your spirit and we put down our flesh we are after your spirit and we crucify our flesh and so Lord we say take us up take us up take us up take us up I need somebody to shout God take me up this weekend Take us up into your realm, Lord, and make us echoes from your throne room, O oh God. We are your voices in the earth, but we must echo what is around your throne. Say it again. We are voices in this earthly realm, but we must echo what we hear from your throne realm. We are powerful voices in this earthly realm, but we must make sure that we are echoing his throne realm. Yes? Lift your hands, and I want to say 
this. Once again, I'm just big on not breaking flow, so glory to God. Let's lift our hands, the posture of surrender. One more time, I'm going to let you be seated. And I want to thank uh, Jeremiah, Morgan, all the elders, the staff of this church and this ministry for having my husband and I this weekend. I want to thank uh, Chris for being so sensitive to the spirit tonight. And you're going to know what I'm talking about as in just a second I read my opening text. Somebody say, come on, Jesus. So you can put your hands down, and I'm going to let you sit down after I read the word. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. John was in the spirit. John was in the spirit, in the realm of, of the spirit. I'm talking to a group of people I know understands that when you're in the realm of the spirit, it means that you have allowed an inward turning to see into the spirit realm. Yes. Everybody say an inward turning. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, and I'll go down through about verse 8 here. And this is the Passion Translation. I'll let you be seated after this. I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited for this weekend, yes? Then suddenly, John said, after I wrote down these messages, Passion Translation, if I, you will allow me, I will add this word for the purpose of the title and the theme of my message tonight. Then suddenly, after I began to echo these messages from the throne room. I saw a heavenly portal open before me. And the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning broke the silence. Come on, somebody. I decree that the silence is going to be broken as we enter into year 2020, that there has been measures of what the Lord has been wanting to speak and say uh, to his church and to the world through his voices in the earth, but he's been waiting on these voices to get in complete alignment with the sounds around the throne so that they can echo, what about sheke? through their voices the DNA from the throne room of heaven and I heard that same trumpet voice speaking to me that was at the beginning and he broke the silence and he said ascend into this realm I want to reveal to you what must happen after this and instantly I was taken into the spirit realm and behold I saw a heavenly throne set in place and someone seated upon it and pulsing from the throne Chris were blinding flashes of lightning and crashes of thunder and voices my God you need to give him praise right now lightning thunder and voices lightning thunder and voices say it one more time lightning thunder and voices and then if you skip down to verse 8 and I'll let you be seated it says and they worshiped without ceasing day and night and they were singing holy 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 is the Lord God almighty the one who is and is and is to come who was and is and is to come you need to put your hands together because God is going to equip us tonight come on 
Yay! To be echoes of his throne room. Amen. Hallelujah. High five somebody and say, be an echo of the throne room. Come on. Hallelujah. The word throne, you can be seated. The word throne is mentioned 40 times in the book of Revelation. I'm going to just warn y'all that I talk really fast. I'm actually real slow right now. I talk really fast, and I apologize in advance, and I probably am going to get a little loud. I've been told that teachers tell it and preachers yell it. Amen. So I guess that's what I am. No no offense to anybody that, that tells it. It's just, it's just how I was raised. Come on, somebody. I was raised in old-time Pentecost, so I'll probably start yelling here in a minute. I was at speaking somewhere uh, uh, a while back and they introduced me and they said and actually this person knew me very well and they said she's not a screamer and she's da, da, da. and I'm like I don't know what bio they read but that is definitely not me come on but anyway we'll get the word out amen we'll get the word out but throne is mentioned 40 times in the book of Revelation 14 of those is in this chapter that I just read from you 40 times the word throne is mentioned in the book of Revelation 14 of those is mentioned in uh, Revelation chapter 4 And in this scripture, we are given a glimpse into a sacred, powerful, majestic that we sang about tonight and that we sang to tonight, a majestic and powerful, authoritative realm of heaven that really we have no idea how to wrap our natural minds around. How many know what I'm talking about? But I want to begin by saying tonight that John didn't merely watch these things happen from a distance. He literally entered into this kingdom realm, this throne room realm, by an inward turning into the spirit and through ascending through this open door, hallelujah, that had been created because he was in the spirit. And when he ascended and entered in through that portal and through the door, he was introduced to a kingdom and his kingdom past, present, and future. And he was introduced to the one who sat on his throne. But the most exciting thing is that that same invitation that was given to John to have an inward turning into the spirit realm and the kingdom realm and to enter in into the throne room realm is extended to you and I tonight. Hallelujah. We have a privilege to enter into a realm that we cannot wrap our minds around but our spirit is so hungry to live in that realm and it contains the most powerful authority and an undisputed king and an undisputed kingdom it is the realm of the throne room can we put our hands together and praise the lamb of God who sits on the throne and we see in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 that Jesus is saying behold I am standing at the door and I am knocking this is the passion translation if your heart is open to hear my voice and if you will open the door within the inward turning I will come to you and and feast with you and you can feast with me I don't know about you but I'm glad that Jesus has made a way that I can enter 
into his realm and I can have a feast with Jesus, a feast of revelation, a feast of revelation knowledge. And I don't know exactly if I'm going to share uh, uh, this or not tonight, but I'm going to say a little bit now is that I believe, especially as we enter into the year 2020, that the father is going to visit the, the, the hidden heart of his house, of his church. And I believe that there has been and there will continue to be a knocking of Jesus, a knocking of the Holy Spirit, a knocking of the Father at the heart of his church, but not just at the heart of his church, the hidden heart. And once again, I want to thank Chris for being sensitive because uh, to the Holy Spirit and not to exalt a man, but just that the Holy Spirit is here to speak a now word to us because as he was sharing about the lady speaking in tongues and whoever it was that interpreted that tongues, that the Lord wanted to deliver her from a secret sin. The Lord dropped a dream to me a few months ago, and I may or may not share it by the end of this message, but it was all about the Father coming to the hidden heart of his church, and he's knocking and he's knocking, not just the surface of things, but the hidden places, the things that we have reserved for just us, and we don't think anybody else sees, and we're pretending like God is ignoring. I'm telling you, as we approach, I believe with all of my heart, the year 2020, that the knock of the Lord, and it's going to be his grace. I said, it's going to be his grace. The knock of the Lord is going to get louder and louder and louder or more intense and more intense coming to the hidden heart of his house. And it's going to be up to you and I to make sure that we posture ourselves in a place of hearing, in a place of receptivity. We have to make sure that we are in the persistent remnant that does not just uh, pass things by and pass things off and be casual about the things of the Lord and the realms of God. We must make sure in these end times as we're going into this next season in the church that we have a posture that says I am going to be persistent. Whatever I have to get rid of, whatever I have to get out of my life, I want my heart to be open so that I can have a feast with Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I am knocking. And if you will open the door of your heart, the hidden places of your heart, I'm going to come in, Jesus said, and feast with you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And this feast, I believe, is a revelation and revelation knowledge and understanding and a revealing of kingdom realms like we've never seen before. Can you believe that with me? Amen. But see, Jesus wanted us to enter this realm so much that he actually included it in his final prayer on earth. He said in John 17, once again, the Passion Translation, verse 24, Father, I ask that you allow everyone, everyone that you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me, because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. Yes. See, Jesus wasn't only asking for us for having that to have that experience uh, after we die, when we get to heaven, but he literally was asking that we would be able to receive it here in this earthly realm, because the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, that he has raised us up with Christ, the 
exalted one and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm for now we are co-seated as one with Christ you see it's a current experience every day that we can enter into the throne room realm Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too and this is why we are to yearn for all that is above for that is where Christ sits enthroned at the place of power and honor and authority watch this yes feast on the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with the heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm oh church it goes on to say your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life and now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ and as Christ himself is seen for who he really is who you really are will also be revealed for now you are one with him in his glory hallelujah I'm looking at in this room some echoes from the throne room yes some echoes from the throne room we all know that God's throne is the governmental center of the universe yes this is where we should get our commands. We all understand that it's not Washington, D.C. Come on, even though, or any other nation's government, even though we know the Lord uses natural governments. But God is in control, yes? As much as man would like to think that he is running the show, he is not running the show. God is running the show. Amen? God has given dominion in this earth to mankind. And for those, listen to me, who are seeing and hearing from his realm, everybody shout his realm, for those who are seeing and hearing from his realm, this privilege of dominion is fruitful and it's eternal and it's beneficial. But for those who are being ruled by their senses, by their sensuality and their selfishness, this dominion is a curse. Are you with me in the room? For the devil himself is bent on destroying people with the very dominion that we have been given. Yes, he did this with Adam and he did this with Eve and he has not stopped since. Can y'all help me preach on this Thursday night? How does he do this? He moves in with distraction and deception and idolatry and selfish ambition and competition and lower nature, curiosity and mammon and lust, humanism and all things that are temporal and earthly and he uses, Satan uses our God-given authority to rule and reign on on this earth to pervert and to destroy the blessings of the Lord that were meant not only to bless us but to establish the kingdom of God and the realm of God in this earth. He uses that very dominion because everything that was given from his realm is meant to establish his purposes in this realm. Amen. So as we draw closer to the end of age and end of time as we know it, follow me now, there will be an ever-increasing need for voices that echo the throne room of Almighty God. Yes, God has always had voices to speak his way and 
and to speak his will, but the sacrifice and the sensitivity to echo his throne room is one that few want to achieve. Watch this, because it's less of a price to be an echo of earthly substance. Because we live here, it's easier access, it's easier to process for our natural minds. It doesn't require that I have an inward turning to the spirit realm and be in tune with the divine. Literally all it demands is sometimes that I just be a good CEO or have a lot of intelligence. Are you with me? Come on. And I'm not advocating that we are unlearned, but what I'm saying is in the body of Christ today, we have relegated our voices to literally just echo what is in the human understanding and what we can understand, what we can grasp, what we can argue with, what we can debate. We're all about that. But I'm telling you, God is wanting to open up a realm over his church as we enter into this next season that nobody can argue with and nobody can debate because it will be literally echoing from a substance that we have never encountered before because it's around his throne. Put your hands together. Come on and praise Jesus. It's going to happen. Bear with me. Uh, as I say, hallelujah, truth, glory to God, that sadly echoes of the earth, grievingly echoes of the earth, fill our pulpits, many of our pulpits today, calling themselves different things, coaches or whatever in the world, name they come up with. And while they may throw a, 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 a few Bible verses around here and there, the base of their knowledge is earthbound. Everybody shout earthbound. The base of their knowledge is earthbound and earth-filled knowledge with little to no revelation of the throne room. Somebody shout throne room, throne room. Because this is what I see in revival that is, that is, that is, that the Lord is wanting to spread throughout this nation and the nations of the earth, but specifically the United States of America, I see and we know firsthand that there is great demonic and humanistic resistance to the establishment of revival in our nation today. And I'm afraid that this demonic and humanistic resistance that is working together has kidnapped Pentecost in the spirit-filled church. When you kidnap something, it means that you have it, but you don't want anybody to know about it. Boy, I just said something right there. Now you hear me now because I realize that there are pockets of revival. I realize that there are fervent seekers of the spirit, that there are upper rooms that are located in strategic places. And I believe and I even prophesy, I decree rather, that these are going to increase more and more and more and more because God is going to raise the voices of the remnant that are opening their heart to him, amen, in his kingdom realm. But I also know this, my husband and I, specifically firsthand, that there is an antagonistic spirit of the enemy, a friction that is running contrary to truth and it is running contrary to revival and it is cunning and it uses well-meaning Christians and Christian leaders to produce and allow a pseudo-spiritual atmosphere in our church services, leaving out, can I preach tonight, come on, leaving out the Holy Spirit while still calling it Pentecostal. Can I say as loud as my voice will allow tonight this is a holy thing that we are doing 
This is a holy thing that we are doing. Yet so many are treating it like an execution of a business plan. I came to herald it loud. This is holy. This is holy. And revival runs contrary and opposite force to religion and status quo Christianity. And it will always go against the grain of low standard living and cheesy church and casual church and compromising church. Because revival confronts everything that is contrary to the spirit. So I said all that to say that I believe the prophets in these last days and revivalists in these last days. And as we enter in especially to 2020 that we will increasingly have to confront argumentative defensive demons as we encroach on their well-laid plans of establishing humanistic thought patterns these things have positioned themselves in church structures as an angel of light influencing church leaders with a well-meaning cause but it has no oil on it come on y'all and not only that the very structures that they have erected restricts or severely limits the release of the spirit and because of this church then becomes more palatable to our carnal flesh and more persuasive to our fleshly nature and easy for religion to move in and for flesh to control and it produces numbers without substance and if I can quote a good friend of my husband and I, Pastor Zane Anderson, it produces inspiration without revelation and energy without encounter. I see so clearly and have encountered it firsthand, the invasion as, as prophetic voice, as revivalists, as those who are, are, are pressing for more. First of all, let me just say this. We do not wrestle, I know you all know this, but I, I, I need to, to speak this out against flesh and blood. Come on. This is a demonic spirit of the enemy that has been working for, as we know, a really long time to take out the end time move of God, but it's not going to happen. Amen. Hang on, I'm going to get back to being an echo, but i gotta, I got to release this because I see something so clearly in the church today is that it is an invasion of humanism and humanistic tendencies in the church today. And there's all kinds of things, and I'm not going to name necessarily anything specific, but, but there's all kinds of things that are being created that come from humanistic thought processes. Can I just say that carnal will never produce spiritual results? Come on. But I see this invasion of humanistic tendencies. Stay with me. And, and, and let me tell you something you already know, but let me define humanism. It is an outlook or a system of thought attaching prime importance to the human rather than the divine or supernatural matters. It seeks solely rational ways. And I'm quite sure that there will be some that it may ruffle their feathers. And that's not what I'm out to do. I'm not out to make anybody mad. I'm not out to demean a brother or a sister or a stream or a camp. That that is not what my agenda is. But my agenda is I hope to be prophetic in the spirit because I want to see Pentecost come back to the spirit-filled church. I want to see Pentecost. I want to see heaven and kingdom realms open like we have never been. And there's got to be somebody that will fight for it. Come on. There's got to be somebody that will call it in. Come on. 
But there are some, pay attention, and I emphasize some systems and structures. I'm going to repeat that in case you missed it. Because there are some, and I emphasize some, not all, but there are some systems and structures that have been implemented over the last couple of decades in the spirit-filled church, which come straight from human source with absolutely no consideration of the Holy Spirit. And most would not admit it, but when I see a structure or I see an idea, a model that I'm told to imitate and its system is limiting the Holy Spirit and it's taking out the altar and it's dumbing down the word of God and it's leaving out the moving and the gifts of the Spirit so as not to offend my friends I would call that humanism attaching prime importance to human rather than to divine and I know without a doubt that it has kidnapped Pentecost and Jews said it like this in verse 19 these people are followers of the their own natural instincts devoid of the life of the spirit. I'm telling you revival is popping up all over our nation and the nations of the world and it's going to intensify but there will be an antagonistic spirit of the enemy and it will look like in some cases humanism and humanistic tendencies and mentalities but I came to proclaim in the atmosphere tonight in this place, in this territory and any other territory that is watching online that all things human must die for revival to live. Give a shout in this place. Come on. True revival cannot have any competition because revival raises the bar in the spirit. And if it's contrary to the spirit, then revival doesn't do it. And the last time I checked, that's how they did it in the book of Acts. Come on, y'all. Church growth has become the new God in the body of Christ. And we bow to it every week by being enumbered, by enamored by numbers. And therefore we are relying on our humanistic crutches and our humanistic schemes while ignoring an unchangeable truth that it is not by might, say it with me, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What is revival, my friends? It is simply, a lot of good definitions, but it is simply when we let the spirit of God and Jesus, Jesus fully control our life, our churches, our ministries, yielded to the Holy Spirit, fully surrendered. Just the sin of unyieldedness alone can keep us from revival. Come on. If you look at the results of the day of Pentecost, you will see clearly that no part of humanistic effort could produce what happened in the upper room and outside of the upper room. However, today, church growth wants us to focus on the 3,000. Y'all help me tonight and downplay the supernatural experience and the price that was paid in the Spirit to cause that to happen. Let me announce to us something just to get it out into the atmosphere that growth without the Holy Spirit produces pride in the human spirit. Only when we are small in our own eyes will we be able to enter the door and the portal and the realms and the fullness of the kingdom of God. And my friends, when we cease in the body of Christ, in spirit-filled churches, when we cease to emphasize the work of the Spirit, let's not call it a work of the Spirit because it is no longer a work of the Spirit. Therefore, it has to be relegated to just better organization, better equipment, better technology, and however we can get more people in the building and I'm not against any of those things, but those things must become peripheral to the Holy Spirit. 
Humanism is comfortable to us because it's connected to all things natural, yes? All things human. Stay with me. I'm going to turn here in just a moment. Stay with me. All things natural, intellectualism, and not the supernatural. It's something. Humanism is always something that is explainable and deniable and controllable and predictable and expected. It takes the supernatural out, and that mindset has kidnapped Pentecost. Can I just tell you a little bit of history for just about three seconds? Humanism was birthed during the Renaissance period which turned away from Christianity and scholasticism and it began to have a revived interest in the Greek and the Roman thought well there you go come on in the Greek and the Roman mythology and Greek and Roman thought there's a principality called Dagon that is attached to the Greek and the Roman thought and I'm telling you what that principality wants to do is zap the anointing and zap the supernatural and zap the authority right out of the church and he's using humanistic mindsets to do this because it focuses on the rational it elevates human and the devil is laughing all the way to hell come on humanism comes and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly from uh, 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 humanitis or something like that it's the development of human virtue and all of its forms to the fullest extent and the intent of this humanitis uh, from when they began to form it was they wanted it to literally infiltrate culture and that it has and if you study the roots and the origin of humanism it was strategically launched as a direct antagonism and antithesis of Christianity and at the the core of humanism is a political ideal, a model to imitate, imitate, and that was the basis of the entire movement. Are you with me still? Come on. And in many ways, or in some ways, the enemy is using this mentality and perspective and is allowing it to creep in the criteria for church growth and church structure, but I came to say the devil is a liar because God is raising up voices that are not just being echoes of humanistic thought processes and humanistic crutches, but they are literally making their way through the door of heaven and the open portal, and they are getting downloads from the throne of God, and this remnant of people is arising in this last day, and I'm telling you, no devil in hell will be able to stand against the supernatural that is called down by the remnant of people that God has raised. Put your hands together and shout right now yes hallelujah he's making us he's masked he's, uh, the enemy is making us mask this mentality as reaching the harvest and reaching a city and once again I'm not demeaning anybody but the core of the spirit I feel is the competitive pride and a lower nature of humans and the enemy plays on this competitiveness in the church today and we are comparing ourselves by ourselves and we're watching each other's moves so as not to get outdone and all the while God is in heaven and he's wondering when are they going to ask me when are they going to answer the knock that is on their heart and this mind Mindset will cause us to get all caught up in pursuing excellence at the cost of experience. And I'm not against excellence. I think we should have excellence, but not at the cost of experience. And the result is that we, capital We, W-E, are making ourselves better with our ideas under total deception. And we're running the show, if you will, and we leave Holy Spirit out. And the more that we give ourselves to these humanistic thought processes is the more that we mute 
our spiritual perception and receptors. And the result is a weak and an anemic church that is incapable of spiritual understanding, modeling carnal standards, and still calling it the church. But the last time that I checked, Galatians chapter 5 says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. Amen. But the human mind can talk you into anything, and your will to talk you into anything. It has the capacity to walk you into anything carnal. And this is why the Bible tells us that we are to cast down any thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And my prayer, as we continue to host revival on the West Coast, and as praying for the rest of the body of Christ, specifically the Spirit-filled church, may we not lose perception between a spiritual principle and a carnal philosophy. Come on, y'all help me. Because carnality is killing revival. We won't bring Satanism into the church, but we are letting humanism take over. And so I say that it is time for some prophetic voices to arise as echoes from the throne room. Don't take that as a rant tonight. Take that as a revealing tonight. Come on. What I just told you, don't take that as a rant tonight. Take that as a revealing because it is true. But I say God is a good God. And God is a God full of grace. And God will give us a second chance. Come on. And but we've got to have some voices that are willing to pay a, 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 a price and sacrifice and have a tenacity within us to have an inward turning in the spirit. Because if you go back to Revelation, John was in the spirit and a portal door of heaven open to him he had an inward turning and a portal door open to him and he ascended into the realm of God and he saw the throne room of God for the purpose of becoming an echo of the throne and the angel of the Lord told him in verse 11 it says write or if you will allow me to say echo what you have seen because the angel said I want to reveal to you what must happen the word happen there in the, in the original language is, is G-E-N-O-M-E, genome. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that. But it's our English word that means chromosomes or DNA, inheritable traits, or to give birth. My God, did you get that? He said, I want to reveal to you, come up here, because I want to reveal to you what must happen. It's significant that meaning their DNA or chromosomes or inheritable traits, because in the atmosphere, sphere of the throne, we are literally infused with the DNA of heaven. Or in other words, we are a perfect match to the sounds of the throne room. Matter of fact, if you did a spiritual ancestry.com, it would show the exact match of the essence of the throne room. And with this infusion of throne room DNA traits from his realm, you and I literally help give birth to establish revival and kingdom purposes in the earth you and I literally become echoes from the throne room yes we are voices in the earth that carry fresh revelation from heaven to earth and someone brought it to my attention that the symbol for DNA is actually a ladder come on y'all 
I don't know if you know what I'm going to read, but Genesis chapter 28, verses 12 and 13. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on earth, and its top reached to the heaven. And there angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord God stood above it. Verse 16. Surely, he said, the Lord is in this place. This is the house of God. I'm telling you tonight that God is going to break the silence in the church as you and I enter in to his throne room and become echoes as we get infused with the DNA that is from his throne. We need to praise Jesus right now because he is going to use you. He is going to use me as we are more intentional than ever that whatever comes out of our mouth and out of our voices will echo his throne. We have too many in the earth that have relegated their their voices to be echoes of man's equations and stale revelations while waiting in another realm. Watch this now. Is a company of voices. The Passion Translation said, pulsating in proximity of the throne, carrying the sound, the essence, and the DNA of heaven's glory. And it said, pulsing from the throne, there were blinding flashes of lightning, and there were crashes of thunder, and there were voices, or there were echoes, literally, from the throne room, literally releases an unmatched authority and an unmatched power that is brought forth in revelation and in manifestation. And there is no earthly DNA that can match the throne room DNA. Nothing will be able to stand against the echoes that are coming from the throne room. And as I read that, I saw the flashes of lightning, meaning revelation, and the crashes of thunder is the manifestation. In other words, I believe in this season that we're getting, getting, getting ready to enter into that we are going to watch an unmatched power that will be released. And I know that there have been powerful things that have happened down through the centuries and the eons of time. I understand that. But I also know what the Bible says. And I believe that God is reserving for these last days a powerful outpouring and moving and manifestation of his kingdom realm in this earth. But he needs some voices that will climb the ladder and meet God at the top and say, God, infuse me with your DNA. I want to echo what I see. Come on. We must learn how to draw. Are y'all still with me? Come on. We must learn how to draw from this realm because the sound of revival, I believe in year 2020, will demand that we become these echoes from the throne room because these echoes, it's the only sound, watch, stay with me, it's the only sound, it's the only DNA that will trump all other earthly sounds. Oh, there's going to be many that will be deceived. There's going to be many that follow the wrong voices or the wrong echoes of the earthly substance. But I'm telling you, it is the DNA of the throne room and the voices that, that echo the throne room that will command attention because that echo will carry an authority of the throne room itself. And this echo will demand obedience of the demonic realm. This echo will stifle and it will stop all the lesser echoes, the sounds of confusion and the sounds of delusion. This echo from the throne room will be sharp and it will be precise because it holds all knowledge and wisdom and discernment from his glory realm and the word of God. 
This echo will be strong, yet it will be sacred. This echo will be humble, yet it will be honored. And this echo will find its way into significant places of influence because there will be a famine of distinct clarity, a famine of the word from the Lord on the throne of God. Because this is the reality, my friends, if we're going to do this, we proximity of the throne brings accuracy of heaven to earth. Only those who have been in proximity of the throne will have the accuracy and the insight that can shift cultures and shift nations. There'll be others that are trying. There'll be man-made schemes and man-made programs and man-made systems and thought processes. But it will not shift a culture and it will not shift a nation. Only the downloads that we get and only the sounds that we absorb from the throne room will give us the ability and the authority to literally shift atmospheres and nations and cultures. Woo! And I will add that some of these end time echoes will never be seen. They will be found on their knees, in the back room, in the prayer room, in a dark room at all hours of the night, in a place of intercession and supplication, receiving and repeating, receiving and repeating echoes from the throne. The church today, whether they admit it or not, leaders, pulpit and pew alike, and obviously the world, are looking for a transference of substance that is unequaled by any earthly substance, talk, talent, or charisma. See, talk, talent, and charisma, these are our humanistic crutches. Y'all help me, come on. But this sound and this substance that comes from his throne is unexplainable. It's unpredictable. It's unthinkable because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Oh, his processes are beyond anything that we've even begun yet to think of. Come on, because it comes from the Lord God himself who sits on his throne. You see, this was the protocol of Jesus himself. Luke chapter 4 verse 32 says that his teachings stunned and dazed them because he spoke with penetrating words that manifested, stay with me, great authority. We understand this. Watch me now as I say this, that an echo is a sound that is heard again near its source or within proximity of its source after it's being reflected. I'll say that one more time. An echo is a sound that is heard again near or in the proximity its source after it is being reflected. Oh, if I can quote, I believe it's Reese Howell's book, The Intercessor, you can only get out of a thing what is in its root. Stay with me as I work this for just two seconds here. When we preach, when we pray, when we lead in the body of Christ, when we prophesy, people do not hear our audible words. They hear our hidden prayer life. Come on. They hear how close we've been to the throne. They hear our proximity to the throne. So proximity or nearness to the throne is essential for what flows out of us must be rooted in the DNA of His realm. Oh, hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we can all draw close to Him and we all become like mirrors. So if you will allow me, we will all come like echoes who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. 
Jesus. And in the process of reflecting and echoing the Lord Jesus and his glory, we are ascending into his throne room and we are being changed and transformed and transfigured into his very image as we move. That's revival. As we move from one brighter level of glory to another and this transformation comes from the spirit and then the veil, the veil, the silence, the barrier is lifted. The concealment is lifted and God's realm is revealed in the earth. Come on. Woo! Yes. I got to be close to the realm of the throne. So that's indelibly imprinted on my life, the DNA of the throne room. Because as I go deeper into that realm, hang on, I'm almost through. His realm goes deeper into me. So much so that every time I move, Every time I speak, every time I I say, every time I I sing, every time I speak, I open my voice. It is a powerful force, not because it's Kim Owen's voice or, or, or the pastor's voice or elder's voice or worship leader's voice. It's because we have been in proximity to the throne room. And what people and the earth are hearing is they are hearing an echo of the glory of God coming out of our voice. You and I are going to echo that to which we are closest. That which we see is going to be that which we say. Jesus said it in 838 of John. The truths I speak, I have seen and I received in my Father's presence. But you, talking to the Pharisees, are doing what you have learned from your Father, meaning the devil. And what we see in Revelation 4 and 5 is that the angels and the creatures and the host around the throne, they sang because they saw and what came from them was because of what was going into them and so what I sense as we approach yet another year of moving in into greater uh, 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 closeness to the end of time and the spreading of revival uh, throughout the earth what I sense is not so much uh, 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 that our desire for the throne is inadequate but that in these times and in these ages and this dispensation that we're moving into is that our accuracy and our approach to the throne will become sharper and it will become bolder and it will become more consistent as ever before. God is going to woo us. Come on, y'all. God is going to woo us at a rate like we have never been wooed before, before his throne. And then as we began to tap into that realm, we will begin to see a release of the resources of heaven. What is the resources of heaven? It's absolutely anything that you need. Come on. It is in heaven we will see healings, we will see deliverances, we will see manifestations and I'm not just talking about uh, the, the, the manifestations that people like to talk about and I'm not against any of that I'm talking about manifestations of the kingdom realm that is coming down into this earth through the voices that are being echoes from the throne and it will be undeniable, it will be unexplainable it will not be predictable and no one will be able to argue with it because it will be God and all God but God is looking for some voices that are willing to be echoes so he can manifest the resources from the kingdom realm. May your kingdom realm manifest on this earth as it is in heaven. Come on. Come on, y'all. So the entering into this realm calls, requires that we go higher. That we use words to describe our pursuit of God, and there's nothing wrong with it. Deeper, closer, higher. And I believe they all have a specific purpose. Deeper, I believe, 
and this is not exclusive to this, but is to ground us and to kill our flesh closer, I believe, is to guide us as we intentionally draw near to his side so we will walk with him and not in front of him. But higher, I believe, is the highest spiritual goal of the Lord for his people because I believe that higher, our desire to go higher, as we read in our opening text, it takes us into realms of glory that cannot be entered by other levels of pursuit necessarily because in order to go higher, I must lift my gaze. I must lift my eyes. I must lift my feet. I must lift my walk. I must go and go higher. I must lift my mentality and my thoughts. In order to go higher, I must lose control and I must trust what I cannot see. So that means I have to crucify my will. Are you getting the picture that I'm painting? You see, higher requires that I lose all that is human and I embrace all that is divine. It requires that I lose gravity and I embrace atmosphere. I use the lose the familiar, but I embrace the unknown. I lose the earthly and I embrace the heavenly and I lose the comfortable and I embrace the uncomfortable. Somebody shout higher, higher, higher. And so I will close with this because as we see in our opening text, we have an invitation. I said we have an invitation. We have an invitation to enter into the spirit realm and to come up higher, to ascend into his realm. He says, I want to reveal to you. I want to reveal during this conference. I want to reveal to you what must happen. I want to reveal to you the DNA of heaven. I want to transform to you uh, uh, the inheritance and the and, and and the and the spiritual DNA of the unknown. I want you to know that you see there is no limits as we enter into the realms of glory. So we must ask Jesus for eyes of faith that will bring us there because heaven is released in a place that He has prepared for us. Did you hear what I just said? Heaven is released in a place that He's prepared for us. Now I don't pretend to understand all that that means, but Jesus said, "I go to prepare." a place for you. In my house are many mansions, etc., etc. And quite some time ago, I was reflecting on that verse and I was thinking, and I felt the Holy Spirit drop into my heart. Maybe, just maybe, once again, I'm not submitting this as doctrine, but maybe, maybe, just maybe those mansions are not literal houses. Maybe they are. I wouldn't mind having a mansion, but then again, right now I'm thinking with an earthly mentality. Come on, somebody. But when we get to heaven, it's all going to be about Jesus. Come on. It's all going to be about the Father God, amen, and I, I, I thought the Holy Spirit just prompted me to think, what if these mansions are literally like room after room after room after room after room of revelation, huh? revelation that God is going to walk us through, and then here recently I was revisiting the scripture, and the Holy Spirit dropped in my in my thought processes, rooms of revelation that we'll be walking through throughout eternity, but then it will not just be rooms of revelation, it will become, what if it becomes dispensation? of revelation. In other words, we go room after room after room after room after room after room after room for however long that would be in, e in eternity and then all of a sudden God flips something else open and takes us into another dispensation and has all more revelation and facets of his glory. Don't look at me like that in the room tonight. Do you believe that God could possibly have a divine ordering of realms or dimensions of glory and revelation that he leads us through forever and ever? But 
it begins right now. Is this possible, Pastor Kim? It is absolutely possible because our God does not have a beginning and our God does not have an ending definition. He is infinite. He is everlasting. He was, he is, and he is to come. And yet somehow in the modern church, we have managed to become bored with our weekly services because we think that we have tapped God out. We think that we have better ideas and ideals. We think that there's nothing more to encounter. And the been there, done that mentality is killing Pentecost and killing revival in this day. And I would like to say to anybody that it may uh, 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 be for, if that is your statement, I have been there and done that, then I say to you, sir and ma'am, it is time to ascend into another realm of glory and tap into another dimension and dispensation and hear a sound and get infused with another level of glory like you have never had before because God needs echoes from his throne room. Somebody shout yes and stand to your feet. Come on right now. Shout yes. Come on, stand to your feet all over. Chris, if I could get you guys to come, lift your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. In just a moment, we're going to run to the altar. In just a moment, we're going to run to the altar. In just a moment, we're going to run to the altar. Come on. Come on. Lift up those hands and pray. Come on. Lift up your hands. Pray. Pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. We're going we're gonna to transition here in just a moment. We're going to run to the altars. We're going to come. We're going to come and we're going to allow the DNA in heaven to infuse us. And I know many, if not all of you, are seekers of God. You are seekers of his presence, seekers of his realm. But I believe that God's going to take it up a notch for the assignment on this ministry, on this church, on, on the churches, uh, the, the two campuses or churches that are represented here, as well as the ministries that are represented. God is going to take it up a notch. Because God is strategically using the voices of this house to affect the body of Christ. Come on, keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Oh, Father God, we come before you and we posture ourselves with an open heart. And we say, come to the heart of your church, O oh Lord. Come to the hidden heart of your church, O oh God. Lord, we want to take the veil off so that the silence can be broken. We want to take the veil off so the revelation can flow. We want to take the veil off so that we can see you in a greater way. Oh, God, break in. Oh, God, break in. Oh, God, break in. 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 Break in, Jesus. Break in, Holy Spirit. Break in, Holy Spirit. Come on, be tenacious tonight. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the the violent ones, the spiritually intense ones, take it by force. The spiritually intense ones, take it by force. The spiritually intense ones, take it by force. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 33, call unto me and I will show you. 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 I will show you great things. I will show you mighty things. I will show you things that you've not thought about, that you've not imagined, that you've not heard, you've not seen.
Oh, God, let it manifest. Even tonight, on the first night of this conference, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you are supernaturally and sovereignly. You are touching the voices of these people in this earthly realm. And as we worship and as we ascend into your throne, we will join the voices around the throne that are pulsating with the worship and the praise of God. If that is your heart cry in this room tonight, for just a few moments, I want you, if that is your heart cry, to run to the front of this place. Come on, start now and say, I want to be an echo of the throne. I want to be infused with the DNA of heaven. Come on, come, 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 come. It's important that you respond, not for my benefit, but for your benefit. Not for my benefit, but for God's benefit. I want to be an echo of the throne. I want to pulsate with the sounds from heaven. Now lift up your hands and begin to cry out. Oh, in your worship in your intercession. I'm telling you, God is raising up the nobodies. God is raising up those who never thought that their voice would matter. <laughs>